0: All right, we're back. I don't know what episode this is. It's been so long since I did a podcast. And admittedly, I didn't do many in New Mexico because I had a hard time living in Santa Fe. I don't think I did a single interview while I was there. And now I'm in San Diego, (laughs) which is really cool. And I wanted to set the San Diego batch of interviews off with my old friend Bobby. Bobby bobby ruiz from well owner of tribal gear who i've known 30 years now i guess right Something about like that, that. Yeah. yeah um been a real great friend of mine a second father on occasions when i need help that <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad can't kind of help me with yeah. um you know a fellow uh, lover of lowriders and low riding culture and all kinds of stuff um so as i explained a little bit a minute ago let's start from the beginning like
1: uh where and when you were born wow um i was born actually in san antonio texas and before i turned a year old uh, my parents moved us out to uh, los angeles and we lived in la till I was probably like seven, eight years old. What year was that? That was like that was the early that was the early seventies. Early seventies I mean, growing 70s. up
0: in Los Angeles. Yeah.
1: Well, no. So the I was actually born in sixty uh, three. Oh, so okay. Moved, so we, you spent some time. Yeah, in we, we, the moved, 60s. we moved we moved to LA. Um, I think it was still sixty three okay. or early sixty four. Yeah. And then we spent um I spent, you know, till I was like in the second or third grade in LA with family and, and things like that. So I still have a lot of really cool memories of that time, even though I was really young. It was a, it was a real cool time. And I can
0: only imagine Los Angeles in the sixties. Yeah.
1: There's some cool photos, man. Like the family photos are insane. And I I lived in a place called uh, Hacienda Heights. Okay. And, um, you know, this I remember my friends from back then. Even though I was really yeah. young, you know, I remember things that we'd do and the neighborhood. And then I had family in East LA who lived off of uh, what's now Caesar Chavez Avenue, mm. which is used to be called Brooklyn. Yeah. And um, we'd spend a lot of time in East LA and sustain, you know, hanging out with my cousins and my aunt and just family and stuff. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a good time. And then we we moved to to San Diego. I, I think it was. I'm gonna say probably like seventy, shit, I don't know, seventy-two maybe. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't know for sure. Around
0: the time I was born.
1: Yeah, we lived in, uh, in South San Diego, in a neighborhood in South San Diego, and that's kind of where my my whole life started changing. You know, I I, I got into skateboarding right when we moved to San Diego, and then uh, probably seventy. Shit, I don't know, maybe seventy four, seventy five. I really started. I was still a kid skating around the neighborhood, and I noticed the lowriders caught my eye. Yeah. And the styles, you know, I was probably in the fourth, fifth grade.
0: Oh, I was about the same age when I discovered lowriders in Albuquerque. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was. It
1: was. It was one of one of my friend's older sister. Her boyfriend's had cars, and they would hang out at at her house and his house, and you know yeah. we'd skate around the neighborhood and. You know, I could remember what, what they were listening to. Like, they were listening to James Brown and Cooling the Gang and Santana and, you know, the Jacksons and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And the cars just, you know, they were, were fucking lowriders, man. Yeah. They were the coolest. They, you know, it, it was a time that, you know, what they were wearing, what they were listening to, and, uh, you know, that whole vibe really just kind of struck me and, and, and captured a piece of my heart you know, at that time. What year do you think that was? That was, that was probably like 70, 74, maybe, something like that. And then, and then maybe, maybe, yeah, I'd say about 74. And then, uh, you know, at the same, like I said, we discovered it while skateboarding because we, you know, we would have these old fiber flex boards with yeah. chicago trucks and sure you know was that like, a
0: thing like i met was like gang culture around you yeah as a kid? yeah yeah I that mean, was that, that was definitely be.
1: that was definitely south san diego and that's why my parents eventually moved us out of there is uh my brother started getting you know caught up in some of the you know the local riffraff and, and gang sure. culture, and that's then,
0: why I asked. It's a common yeah. And then theme.
1: I I moved on to uh, junior high school, and I I kind of got mixed up in it myself down down there in South San Diego. So they moved us up to a, a suburb, which was real fresh back then because it was it was relatively new, you know. And it was it's uh, a Mesa. and oh, there yeah. was a lot of families moving from different parts of San Diego for some of the same reasons or, you know, just discovering the suburbs at that time, people coming down from, from L.A. And mm-hmm. and it was real fresh, you know. And, and, and I always tell people that, you know, already by that time when we made that move, my my cultural, like, likings were skateboarding, lowriders, and graffiti already, you know, because yeah. my friend, that same dude to his sister's, Started, you know, they were hanging out with the lowrider guys and the gang culture and all this kind of stuff. um They were actually the girls who were teaching us how to write.
0: Wow, in the seventies. In the
1: seventies, yeah. I have some of those books in the closet. I can like show, I show fonts out for you Yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh, I, I have wow. a lot of these these books and papers still. You know, I've yes. always been kind of that guy. Like, if anybody wants to call my shit, I can back it up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah, well, here it is. Cool. You know what I mean? Have yeah. a look. But there's um. There was, all, you know, so then we moved already with that kind of mentality up there. And we found out it wasn't just us out there. Like we were back in the same shit, like we were out there, but it was more, you know, there was definitely a good amount of, you know, Mexican Americans out there, but there was, you know, a good amount of, uh, you know, white kids, black kids. It, it was really culturally diverse. so the skateboarding kept going and and all that just kind of progressed from there and and building building lowriders and things like that and and getting involved in the gang culture and and putting in work with the hand styles and things like that but it was uh it was a good time man I I got no regrets we were close enough to the beach where you know we would hang out at the beach sometimes and you know I I was always that kid that you know visually I look like a you know i hung out with the homeboys i dressed like a like a homeboy but i was accepted in you know by the stoners and the surfers and I, I was pretty diverse i was listening to you know music has always been a big part of everything that i've done and um i think uh, i was never put in that musical box that a lot of people i only listen to this or listen to that even as a as a youngster mm-hmm. i was you know i was listening to you know back then i was listening to like Van Halen and you know Santana, of course, and ZZ Top and you know Led Zeppelin and yeah. Rolling Stones, but at the same time, I was listening to all the funk, soul, and oldies too. Sure. So, um, you know, it was it, I would share the music, I think, and the weed, you know, with yeah. with the, the stoner kids and the sure. the surfer kids and the homeboys and stuff like that. So, the, I think that kind of brought a lot of us together, you know, not to like, that's what it does. You know, it was, uh, we shared, you know, connections and, and a a vibe around that. And we just, there was, there was some good camaraderie and good, good things happening out there. And then that neighborhood too, got kind of fucked up, you know, after I got out of high school, there was some drama and bullshit and, you know, all, all the, the stuff that goes along with that. And then, Moved out of there, hmm. um, and I was I I graduated from high school in 1981. Okay. Uh, I was a pretty pretty good student. I I um, was always into graphic graphic arts, graphic design, photography, film, television production, and shit like that. And then um, spent some time at the. Uh, at the local junior college, just kind of meeting people and and exploring Chicano studies and mm. um, film photography. Was that a big deal at that design. time?
0: Like uh, Chicano power and
1: well, that was already know. that was already. I think the Chicano power stuff I learned from some of my from some of my aunts and uncles mm. and uh, older kids because I was yeah. the Chicano power stuff. I think like was 60s. more seventies, late sixties, seventies. Yeah. I, yeah. I have some relatives um, one of my tias and and my, my uncles, they, you know, they went to some colleges and stuff and they were all about the Chicano power movement and being proud and, and things like that. So that was always around us as well growing up. Um, but by the time that was happening, not really, that was more about, you know, when you're a kid of 19, 18, 19 into early twenties, that's kind of, you know, my focus was more about the cars and the you know, mm-hmm. the social life and, right. you know, my girlfriend and, and yeah. things like that. So, well,
0: don't I remember seeing a lowrider magazine with a picture of you and your lady? Or yeah. With your that, car? We when, came, when was that?
1: That was, I think I was still in high school when they shot that. Um, really? I think that was like 80, 81. Sabrina, yeah, she, she, who's my wife now. Right. So that right. was. Uh, yeah, I remember
0: sure. you showing me that and it was just like, holy shit. You've yeah, been man. into this for a long time. Yeah,
1: man, it's been, it's been a minute, you know.
0: When did you get your first ride? Did you? I was I was with? 15,
1: and yeah. and that kind of goes back to the whole business part of it. Like my, I was brought up my brother and I and by my, my parents. Always, you know, had like hustles. They were hustlers. Uh, as far as like we'd work the swap meets, and yeah. my dad had his own business, and we found ways to make money and save money, and we had jobs and we'd go to school, and you know, that's just how we were brought up. Sure, and and we knew that. In order to make money, I had to spend money. And so we, uh, I gathered up enough money to to buy a, a car in 19, I think it was 80, it was a 64 Thunderbird. Cool. Took it apart in the garage, um, painted it, patterns, hydraulics, you know, complete rebuild. You did,
0: you did that stuff yourself? A,
1: a lot of it, you yeah. know, I took it apart and put it back together. My brother helped me a lot, guys in the yeah. neighborhood. I was, you know, 15, 16, maybe, 17 somewhere Did you do there. some welding no i don't weld i don't yeah. weld but i can take shit apart and put it back together sure. and, and i'm and, sure there you know, was i learned uh, how to i learned a lot about hydraulics like kits
0: to just drop in Nah, not really in. man because every
1: every card they didn't make a lot of was 80, yeah. they didn't make a lot of repop parts and um it was kind of trial and error um the paint and the you know putting it taking apart painting it putting it back together for me that was kind of it was a learning experience um a lot of uh we struggled with it, you know, just like any other project, but we got it done and uh you know i I always wanted to learn about hydraulics when I was a kid, yeah, and uh there was some guys that were older than me from the neighborhood that had hydraulics, and their shit would break down, so I would kind of jump in and and try to help them fix it and learn and right That's and, and i learned <laughs> I learned you know at that time that was that was my shit, like this yeah. fucking with the cars it's kind of like still is. No, it is It is. it It absolutely is that's still you know that's it's carried on but i'm still you know fucking with the cars as much as i can and i still you know love my cars and and things like that but so 81 i graduated from high school 82 82 83 i started seeing this you know like i said i we had the, the the chicano hand styles and you know the block letters of one color maybe two colors we had we,
0: similar stuff in albuquerque yeah. slightly different fonts but you know same yeah, kind of thing
1: gang, gangs looking stuff and yeah. if we got really excited we'd use two colors sure you know so sure. but then i started seeing this stuff i was working as a janitor actually when i was you know going to started at the junior college huh. so one of the high schools i started seeing some full color shit like Uh-oh. what the fuck is this yeah you know, I'd see like... Like these, hip-hop graffiti? Yeah, hip-hop graffiti. Yeah. Like full-color, you know, burners and letters huh. and little yeah. skinny lines and, sure. you know, skinny cap shit and yeah and colored fills and outlines, and that blew my mind. Whose you know? stuff was it? There was some dude from Mira Mesa. I think his name was Demo. Huh. And then from there, I met uh, later on... A little bit later, fuck. I I get the years all messed up, but... No, I, I, met, I met this dude... Um, Buster from from Linda Vista and then from there, it just opened wide up, you know, zodac and Quasar and Sway and like pre internet, you know, that's exactly yeah, how man, it worked. One lead to the next. And it was so,
0: more your energy to like yeah. seek out and go meet these new people. Exactly. And yeah. and
1: try to find like where can I see more of this shit. Exactly. And, and then I started, you know, ending up at, you know, an old town, the Euclid Pits and and That's where uh, I ended up too. The yeah. first time I came right? here, right? It, <laughs> it was it was, yeah. it was good shit. And then yeah. uh, I don't know. As time passed, it's it's. Uh, I started curating shows. I curated a show in Balbo Park as a I would, I went on to San Diego State, which I actually graduated from San Diego State in 1991. Okay, um, with cool. a bachelor's in in Chicano studies and business management, and uh, word. The, it's and
0: interesting it, how you kind of worked that into your life, like, <laughs> rarely do people well, you know, get educated in the thing that they end up doing professionally, and it seems like you kind of have in some ways. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was, it, it was applicable to what you're doing.
1: It It is, it took me a while, though, you know, I ain't gonna say I did it like real quick, no. but I did it, I did it, you know, yeah. I t- I'd take time off, I didn't feel like going a semester, or... You know, I made a promise to myself throughout the time I was in college that I would never go to summer school, and I never did. Cause I understood at that time I'm only gonna be this age once in my life, and the summers were my shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't yeah, fuck yeah. with my summers. Like, yeah. I, I got things to do, so yeah. I I kept my summers easy, and then I was working full time jobs. So you know, some sometimes I'd have light loads, sometimes I've had I've had you know heavy ones, but I did it. Took me ten fucking years to do it, but I did it. Yeah and um yeah you know it's it's uh i'm i'm real happy i did it you know yeah. i think it's it's really come in handy um throughout my whole business career sure but um that's what i mean fuck mike we got a lot yeah. of time right <laughs> yeah for sure I've, you know so um it's, yeah we do yeah, yeah we've got tons but, of time. but this is uh you know it it, it was college was a blast why I've, Fuck, dude, I've always... I mean, a lot um, of kids, always, like,
0: you know, it's like the academic part just breaks kids off. I mean, know, did, did you do okay academically? Yeah,
1: I graduated with honors. Oh, good. You know? Yeah, see, I yeah. did too. Yeah, so... I, I didn't had,
0: graduate, I, though, but I was... I was at, like, uh, I had to keep a 3.8 or above to maintain my scholarship, and yeah. I did. I told
1: I you. I just... Did. There was... I I grasped a lot of stuff, Louise. Really I was interested in what I was studying for the most part. I just suck yeah. at math, pretty much. Math ah, is not my strong point. Yeah. But, um... You know, Math
0: is the only course in college that I failed. Yeah. I failed calculus the first time I took it, the second time I passed it.
1: Yeah, see, it takes. I had a statistics class once. I Oof. studied my ass off, and this fucking professor accused me of cheating in front of the whole class. Oh. And um. I, did, I don't fucking cheat, man. I wasn't yeah. cheating. I was working my ass off. But he looked yeah. at me and he goes, This guy just aced my test. How the fuck did he do? He must have cheated. So oh. we were correcting papers in front of the whole class and he he you know called me a cheater basically in front of the whole class so I waited for him and I showed him my work showed him what I did and I go, there's no fucking way so you need to apologize in front of the class next time. Yeah. Or else we're going to have some real problems all being in sure. and I, you know ba- yeah. back then I was involved with the all the Chicano movement too sure. so yeah I got a real nice apology but um yeah, math, statistics, all that shit sucked. But yeah, man, I I, I did that. And it was a blast because I, I, at first I started, you know, like I said, I was into film and photography and, you know, back then there wasn't, you know, videography was just starting out. Like, yeah. the VHS shit was just, just coming out and, um, you know, Chicano studies and, you know, my wife at the time, I think we weren't even married yet. Like, we just had a lot of cool shit we were doing. We were traveling and... And having fun, partying, and getting together with friends, and yeah. you know, just loving life. Dude. Maybe that's why college was, took so long. Yeah, that was probably it's just it. Like, eh, you know, you know, <laughs> let's just ride this out that, a little that, longer. That was probably it. But you know, we were, we, you know, we were. She was working, I was working. We were, we were making some money. So, but, um, you know, you know, my, you know, my, my interests never went away from you know graffiti and cars and skateboarding you know it's like you know the, all that h street stuff came out and the pal peralta sure. stuff and stuff you know is all, so uh, the first yeah. time, i remember the first time i'd look at thrasher the first yeah. time i looked i saw tommy guerrero like winning oh. some contest like killing it up in fucking san francisco i'm like who's this fucking kid yeah like this dude's like i was a huge fan like yeah. the street stuff kind of you know yeah. that's that's what I was really oh, digging what they were me doing too. up there, you know? So. Yeah. So that was kind of like, you know, um, I had a group of guys and we'd skate and, you know, I I usually had a skateboard in the trunk of my low rider or yeah. you know, we were just what kind we of boards were those were you kids riding
0: there's a lot of skaters we, that listen. And they'll, I still remember specific yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, my, my favorite board. I had like the Santa Cruz Rosco board, the Rosco oh, one. Yeah. And then I just I continued, and then I had like a cycle stick. Yeah. That I really liked, and yeah. um, you know, it just yeah, it just kind of kind of, you know, a cab board. There was a, sure. I'd get them either, I'd leave them somewhere just forget them <laughs> oh, no. or they get stolen out, sure. out of my truck or you yeah. know it's like you, you had to keep an eye but on it. Yeah, but yeah man it was a it was a good time it, it was right. a good time but um, you know going back to the whole music part of it it's that's kind of you know hip hop has become became a large part of where tribal went you know sure what, where, what we represented and things that we really vibed with and you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm a fucking hip hop legend or no bullshit like that because I would be lying. Yeah. You know, but I did my part on the West Coast. Tribal, sure. we did our part out here. You know, yeah. starting from, you know, I I started listening to you know, um, Sugar Hill and and stuff like that. That's and like
0: then, the the actual just, song that I first remember hearing that was like hit what somebody called hip hop.
1: Yeah. yeah. But the stuff that, yeah, it was, we were listening to, you know, like stuff like that. But then what really grabbed me because there was like, you know, I had kind of a, a era where I started listening to a lot of ska music and, and some, I love ska. And some, some yeah. you know, punk rock stuff. I was just sure. like the selector and madness and the English beat and bad manners and yeah. shit like that. And then. You know, I was listening to, to to some some heavier shit as well, the local stuff. You know, I've always been like a Los Lobos fan and the Blasters and yeah. X and all this cool shit. And then, um I guess I don't know the time periods because it gets all fucked up and fuzzy. But you know, when the Beastie Boys dropped, it was like, mm. what the fuck is this? That and, was out of left field for yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, License to Ill came out and that yeah. really grabbed me. And then, um, yeah. And then, of course, Raising Hell, the Run DMC shit. And that time I was a janitor. I had those
0: two. Those were, I think, the first two rap tapes that I right? had. Right? And on cassettes. Yeah, those you know? two. Yeah. And it, they, were, they
1: were on constant rotation on my fucking Walkman while yeah. I was vacuuming classrooms. I caught
0: Run it. DMC on that tour.
1: Yeah. I, I seen, I don't know if it was the same tour, but we seen them out here. I believe it was Run DMC, The Beastie Boys, and Cypress Hill. Holy shit. <laughs> um, wow so, so That sounds like a good show. Yeah. Severe, Zodak, Carl, me, like a lot yeah, of people, yeah, you yeah. know, out no, of yeah. the same homies, but right. Um and you know, that was on rotate, but then when fucking, you know, then NWA came out. Yeah. And we we're like, this that is some this is like some West that. Coast gangster shit.
0: I didn't know what to think about. And it, first
1: we were like, holy it. fuck. And it was
0: I didn't realize you could curse that much. <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was just like. And even fuck the police. I think I rolled up to a skate spot in Albuquerque, just a ditch, on a hot afternoon. And there were some older kids who were probably 18 and they were bumping NWA out of their car with the doors open and skating, and I just rolled up and was like, what the fuck are they listening to? (laughs) I'm intrigued, but should we be concerned? Like, what if a cop rolls up? Like, this is (laughs) really
1: asking for trouble, you know? And I I remember Mike, like, being this goofy ass fucking skinny skate kid, but we'll get to that later. Sure, sure. But, but, But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, you know, so NWA that was like that was the West Coast shit that really you know started, and then fucking Cypress Hill came out, and like the first time I heard Cypress Hill was probably ninety one, maybe maybe and ninety, you, maybe you, ninety.
0: Had you developed an appreciation for East Coast rap by then? You know, yeah, because I mean, yeah, you know, you know, that's you know that's I'm a not thing. like yeah. I said, I, I could can't be partial I, to West I, Coast.
1: I do, I did. Like, it was mostly you know, the early. You know early hip hop, but then the shit that really grabbed me, it was Run DMC and 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 the Beastie Boys because back then my I was listening to more right you know like rock and roll and ska and some punk yeah. rock shit yeah. and and you know Los Lobos and right the Blasters and X and yeah. and things like that and and you know like I said the, the ska shit so that's kind of where I transitioned and started kind of really having an appreciation for. That and then yeah. it was during that same time as a janitor where I started seeing you know, I'd, I'd opened the gym up for some of the local kids and they they were fucking b-boying, you know, they were oh. breaking. This was like the early 80s, yeah. Um,
0: yeah,
1: that was a, there's a time I'm missing some time period there, but I don't, I don't know how, no, that, it's all good, but yeah, it's it, good. jumps just around. But, but that's <laughs> really that's kind of like I, I was I really started looking into and studying and learning about hip-hop.
0: You know. breakdancing will do that
1: oh it was amazing like you see somebody
0: me. do it like if you never seen it I remember you know coming out of the blue you know even culturally you yeah. know and it just being like what in the fuck the city kids are getting loose and yeah. spinning on their heads yeah. on beat like yeah. what the hell it yeah was. it was fascinating it, I mean it, it took America and the world by storm you know there was a good year or two like when Breakin' came out I mean, it was just like on worldwide newscasts, this thing called breaking, you know, I remember that it was, I got totally sucked into it.
1: It was crazy. And I, I kind of was, I was, I agree, man, I was fascinated by it, you know, and culturally what was going on with that. And I guess I've always kind of been that way where I I get drawn into shit and I want to know more about it or I appreciate it or, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's part of my ADD. You know, just just tripping out on different things. Like I asked about the
0: you know, the lure of gang culture as a young person. It seems like you've gravitated toward creative outlets. And I think that's what kinda hip hop gave a lot of kids was like a creative outlet that wasn't a violent outlet. And I'm a creative person, always have been, and I certainly gravitated away from gang culture and beefing and stuff and went into creative outputs. For sure.
1: Yeah, that's that's um That's the positive of it, you know, and I think that's, but I was, I think I went on to, you know, and I feel really, fuck man, like I'm jumping all over the place, but really blessed and fortunate to have been able to work with, you know, the pioneers of, you know, I, I later, you know, became friends with, you know, the guys from Rocksteady crew and, Was able to tour with them, and I think you probably were on tour with with some of those guys with us too. Met all
0: those guys through you,
1: you know. Yeah, no,
0: and it's always been yeah pretty mind blowing to me because again, like I did get caught up in the mass media uh, push of breakdance culture uh, into the world, and Rocksteady Crew was one of those standouts in movies and whatnot. And then sure enough, when i met them in person i was yeah i was honored yeah it, it was a it was big a, deal it was a it was, you know i i still uh trip out on those guys if they can still dance as good as they can you yeah. know, I mean, well, you know there's, there's the
1: new generation and the stuff that was happening in la with with sure. radiotron and the b-boy summit that happened out here. we've we've always and this is this Legendary. is this is something that i feel really strongly about and um It's I've always believed and I kind of mentioned something like this earlier that in order to represent a culture, you have to either be supporting it or participating in it or have some sort of ties to it Um, for for people or brands in particular to be, um, you know, maybe following trends or being um, vulturous, if you will. In regards to like certain cultures, because within the past year or two, Chicano culture has become real, real hip and cool and worldwide, and worldwide. And 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 that you know, it's it's cool because yeah, it's badass. Like we we got we build bad cars, we got good food, you know, nice looking you know neighborhoods and cars and and people and we have style and and it's cool. That's great. But for people to to um, maybe. Exploit it for you know, all of a sudden it's trendy and, and, and they become a part of that trend. And not just that, but you know, even a hip hop, you know, people representing elements of hip hop that they've never supported or they've, they don't know oh, much sure. about, or they're just that's kind of fashion. Like, yeah, people are running. Are you know, there's, there's, and that's we've never that's had that's the
0: difference between fashion and streetwear to me.
1: Some streetwear,
0: right? Which you know, it should be, I think, the distinction for streetwear, period. That it has a cultural backing exactly and that, it's, that it's expressing something more than just f- making money putting things on t-shirts not, or not making a wacky set of pants or whatever you know not that's uh, fashion
1: yeah that's and fashion that's cool i, I understand that you know and Me too. i have friends that have like the but there's there's people that you know there's streetwear brands and then there's like keyboard you know where like they're they just oh, sure. completely generated from their keyboard and their computer, sure. and they're trying to follow trends and and find out what's cool and they they don't leave their you know they're not out there really participating or representing or a part of these things that they're using to market their brand, so yeah I you know it's like like I always tell people you know we've had ties, and I think you know to rock and roll some of the best. You know rock bands and hip-hop groups and and legendary people and artists like and graffiti
0: i mean just because a lot of kids don't know i
1: know yeah because they had um, studios right do, next you, to any where, your warehouse name, you know? name, name, do you want i mean what do you want to talk about you want to talk about music you want to talk about that's the thing with art? with, with uh about, yeah, like, yeah let's just start with music like you know?
0: yeah i mean there, there's so many bands that have been associated with tribal as a band that i'm yeah. sure a lot of people don't realize yeah
1: Um, and and then the thing was we became friends with a lot of these bands and groups when they were just starting out you know they were they were Uh, still they were still coming up I remember seeing Limp
0: Biscuit open for like a third rail party or something I I think you took me and I'd never heard of them before
1: I think um, that I think that was Corn. Was it <laughs> Yeah, I think was that was, yeah, I think that was corn. And through the corn guys, oh God, I, don't even, yeah. I met Those Vegas, um, the so. limp guys, and through the limp guys I met like Kid Rock and Stained. Yeah. And, and I'm still friends with a lot of these guys. Aaron yeah. Lewis and I are still friends. Fred Durst and I are still friends. That's and, what I'm saying. And there's still and then and then we you know, we've toured with like for me some of the best groups, you know, the guys from Cypress Hill you know Sandog and I are in Mugs and we're all we're all friends since way back and and people like um, well, and way the, back I yeah, mean the beat. and you started
0: and, tribal in 89 yeah and you were still in college I suppose no yeah yeah, yeah. It, I yeah, years, yeah yeah I was towards the end yeah yeah exactly you graduated in 91 yeah. I think you said
1: yeah my brother and I started in 89
0: yeah right and I remember visiting pretty soon after, and you yeah. had that little office in the back. back of your of, mom's, like yeah, back of my parents. Shop or it was a, it was a craft store.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. going to school, and I had finished. They needed me to come in, and help them out, so I quit my janitor job, and um and went and worked for them for a while. But yeah, man, and and you know just before you walked in, my friend Andy Vargas was here, who's Carlos mm. Santana's lead singer. Oh right. And then, yep. Of course our pod family from san diego and yeah you know the lincoln park guys have always been right. you know, ha- yeah. have always been real yeah. real supportive and i've been fortunate enough to become come friends with a lot of my favorite groups like the guys from los lobos and and um you know i've met carlos santana and the dudes from sublime you know yeah. um, eric wilson's a friend of mine and yeah. the, you know the, the sublime with rome we're, we're doing things with them and yeah. And um the course of cycle realm. That's that's sure. all family. The, the whole yep. Soul assassins thing, and yeah, Um, you know it. It. The so beat nuts on there somewhere. Too. Yeah, the, those are. Yeah, the we're still. I, I was just with them a couple. Yeah, yeah. The, beat it, like and, the beat nuts and born Americans. I feel you turned
0: me on to the beat nuts. Yeah, oh, just you know.
1: I you know we've I've met, you know the dudes from prophets. Of, just it's 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 a big the from the musical standpoint. It's it's diverse. It's all over the place, and it's um. Fuck man, it's it's I, like I said, you know, it's been a blast, and I'm still yeah. having fun. You know, a lot of these bands will, they'll, you know, just friendships that that I still have, yeah. based on these, and and um, you know, then the hip hop heads, and then you know, people like mix master Mike, and yeah. I you know I got to hang out with the Beastie Boys a couple of times, and to me yeah. that was kind of was like, that was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, out of everybody, like, yeah. I've always been a huge Beastie Boys fan. So, yeah. when I got to meet them for the first time, it was 1994 at Lollapalooza. And I was already a huge fan. It was Green Day. Um, well, if I met those dudes a couple of times, I but feel like dude, that was a legendary that,
0: Lollapalooza tour. Yeah, it was. It was Smashing yeah. Pumpkins, <coughs> yeah, a Green yeah, Day, yeah. George Clinton, Ugh, um, the Beastie Boys. In the 90s. Yeah. And uh,
1: who the hell else was on that? It, it was bomb yeah but um that's where i met like eric bobo and hurricane and you know i i i got to have some pretty cool conversations with with ad rock and mca and stuff like that and, mm-hmm. and i i was mix master mike i had i've known mike for a long time too who's
0: yeah i love Mike.
1: but you know we could go on and on talking about just people in in that industry that i've been fortunate enough to to work with and and get support from and, and
0: to me you know a big part of that is that they can wear whatever they want obviously yeah you know what I mean but like to see POD on stage in tribal was like oh that's fresh it's like representing the family that's how I always felt, just as somebody who did graphics for you, when I would see people wearing Tribal, yeah. it's like, oh, that's family.
1: You know what was cool, though, too, Mike, is is we we had that mentality, and it made us proud to see, you know, when, when Be Real came out, when Cypress Hill was just coming out, and Thrasher wearing a Tribal hat, I was like, oh, shit, rocking yeah. a Tribal hat, I didn't give it to him, where'd he get it, you yeah. know, like like before I knew these dudes like right. to see them rocking it it was, sure. was a big deal to me sure. but but you know it was a different time period back then we'll we'll get to that i guess later but i think um at the same time like what the fuck else were these dudes going to wear you know what i mean sure. like what else was there at that time you know there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of options like okay well we're we're rap rock or we're kind of hip hop or we like the whole vibe of the street culture. We're not really skate kids. So what fits? Like what, what, and then they discovered, you know, us who were more like them. And they're like, I'll rock this tribal shit because I understand it. I feel it. I know those dudes and those are real motherfuckers right there. Selling some real cool shit. They've got cool artists and you know, they, we've never, you know, we've always maintained you know we're not we don't fan out on them. They walk in the building. They you know like the homie Suge, who's Suge Knight's a, oh, a right. friend of mine. You yeah, know? he got he was, that
0: was, photo on the wall over there. Yeah, Suge was always tough. cool.
1: You know he was yeah. always cool with us, and because I think he would come in the building and no one would trip. He was comfortable. No one was like yeah. no one would jock him. He was just like that's just how it is. Like you walk in the building, you're just like everybody else. Sit down. Like right. what's up? How, how you been? You know? Right. Right. But um, I think we were always carried ourselves that way where we weren't like because there was some and you know this some of the most talented motherfuckers came through here like in in not just music but but graphic design artists tattoos graffiti you know b-boy whatever yeah you know and that's just how we that's just how we've always done shit so it's kind of become the norm around here yeah. You know, we're excited, we're excited to have you in the building, Mike, oh, you know, sure. but it's good you. to have you back in San Diego, dude, like, we're, it's everybody's, nice. everybody was really excited to, um, to have you back in San Diego. And yeah. we had, we've had a couple of real fun weeks of you know, painting with dyes and, and, you know, hanging out in the building and yeah. talking shit. And no, seeing, I, you know, I love being back, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, I always loved San Diego. I started coming here in 83 with my folks. And just fell in love with it. It was like, you know, I discovered skateboarding and punk rock and all that. That first summer, I came here. And that would change the course of my life. You know what I mean? I was, like, addicted to California culture. And ended up in the Bay Area for 15 years, you know. But I've never done San Diego. I did a year in L.A. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I could end up being here for a long time. We'll
1: see. Yeah. I mean, that's the talk shit, but... That like, I don't, I can't really see myself anyplace else. I think San Diego's no. been a big um, blessing for for tribal for the business. I think so it.
0: too. I think you're out of the rat race of a lot of the bullshit. Yeah, that,
1: know? and you know, I've got some great friends that I've met in the business that continue to be some of my best friends. Like people like Risk, you yeah, know, Kelly from Third yeah. round. or just you know Risk. And, and him and I learned a lot in this business together in the early years and um, you guys you know, were just,
0: real pioneers I mean you know the what the two of you yeah for I'm sure not, I'm
1: not gonna argue with you you know different vibes completely yeah
0: like you know your booth Versus the third rail booth back in the day. I mean, his were like ridiculous, like porn parties. Yeah, it was insane. And you guys were like hip hop. You had break dancers in front of the booth. Yeah, were taking orders, business. You know, I yeah. thought that was cool.
1: Yeah, that was that's a whole. Those other, were those days. That's a whole other, you know, a whole other story. That whole, the whole street thing. Like they didn't, they didn't know what to call it. We should they didn't tell know.
0: that story they, though.
1: They didn't know where to put us, man. Like
0: because you started Tribal in '89, right? And yeah. you were doing. Was it just kind of black and white stuff at first? Oh, uh, no, because
1: remember, Carl had a silk screen shop, so they they yeah. would cut everything with ruby lit. Right. So we would come with, you know, like, multicolored. Some of your first graphics, they were cutting them out. Yeah, and um, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't, you know, being shot with film, so there was a lot of stuff that was being cut. Yeah, there was yeah. some... Some black and white stuff And one color stuff Yeah You know we would do like The Zodak stuff would be I remember seeing the And I might have some of those Ruby lists still Yeah But um, That shit
0: was mind It Still is
1: They didn't You know in the beginning We did our first ASR In 1992 and the, and only, only because there were these rave companies that were out of San Diego in 92 oh I remember 91, 92 I there was, I was a, a
0: raver I totally remember there was
1: there was two brands one was called Fat who was that Dave Lively and was, was a Lively. part owner of who yeah. still a really good friend of mine and yep. now part owner of Fall Brewing yeah um, still a great friend and uh, and then there was this other brand called Stupid with the double O's yep and they were like rave brands, and I, you know, I was, you know, I was fucking with the graffiti stuff and the lowrider stuff still, gra- yeah. with graphics and hand yeah. styles and you know all this other shit. And um, I look at these brands and these guys, like, man, you could do these shows and make fifteen thousand dollars or something. <laughs> Why, well, like, fuck, I'd be rich, you know. Yeah, do the trade the, the, show. Yeah, do the yeah, trade show. Yeah, that's the lure so, of the trade show, yeah, right? So oh, part, you have a brand? Yeah. Oh, you
0: haven't been to a trade show yeah. yet? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's where you make the big money. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but how much is the booth? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. Thousands? Uh, <laughs> Fuck. I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah, you got to work your way up to that. So and hope I, for the best. I don't know
1: how we got it together, but we were able to put that first show together with dreams of making... It big with making a whole $15,000. At, at ASR. Well, and
0: again, you would have been standout at ASR. That's what that's happened. That's the action sports retailer. So it's skateboarding, surfing,
1: snowboard. I don't what think was it snowboarding wasn't Maybe real not big. Snowboarding yet. It was, more, skate. was, like it was more surf and skate. Yeah. And they didn't know, you know, we showed up and it was in San Diego
0: is not there women's swimwear too? Yeah. I remember there bikini booths, and you'd just be like rolling with your skater homies and you come to this whole batch of booths. it's all like these drop dead gorgeous girls in bikinis and you're like what the fuck? Wow. This is here too. Yeah, okay. It was, cool. It was, it
1: was basically beach you know beach yeah, apparel. beach stuff. That's just and, it though. And skateboarding oh, which God. is skateboarding I understood you know that whole oh, thing sure. which was cool and yeah. I always loved that that part of it and I still do. I was Fortunate enough, we just did a really cool collab. We've done a couple collabs with Dogtown. The, yeah, the, the guys from Dogtown. Those, yeah. those are the homies. But there's um the first show. It's like we show up and we've got like lowrider bikes and a DJ which who the fuck brought a DJ to a trade show and then some B-boys showed up and they were flipping out like and then you know the homies show up and they're like whoa 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 you guys can't be having a DJ turn that down you, your break dancers are blocking the aisles you guys yeah. got to stop doing right, that and right. they no. didn't know they didn't know and we were ethnic kids you know right. like some of the the homies would come around and as that progressed you know they kept hassling us and there were shows when you know I was fortunate enough to meet Eazy-E at one of those shows the Booyah Tribe you know and the Easy e would hang out at the booth and the Booyah Tribe and and so it just became (laughs) kind of a weird thing and then everything kind of transitioned into this show which I tell people that I would say if there's one place where Streetwear was born it was this show called the 432F show. Yeah. And the 432F I say the show, same thing to yeah, people. Yeah. It was yeah. it was at forty 432F Street. Yep. In San Diego again, you know David Lively, who's a fucking legend. Yeah. Um, was a part of that as well, and uh, Bill McMullen, who yeah. shout out Commander to Bill, Bill, fucking Commander Bill, <laughs> fuck dude, that dude's a God bad bless him. fucking Bill. I love Billions. that dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a shit. So. Grant Lau and, and all these oh, yeah. really, really cool people that put this show together. And that's where, I don't know if it was the first show or the second show, but that's where I met. And that's where people would, you know, we'd advertise in all these little magazines because that's the only way you'd find out about what was happening. You but know, there
0: still were a lot of little indie magazines. There were a lot of then. really cool Lots. indie magazines. And that's yes.
1: how you knew, you 90s. know, we knew about the other brands. Like, how right. did I know about Third Rail before? Sure. They came out, or Triple Five Soul, or you know GAT, which is yeah. you know all these. No cool, internet. No internet. Like, yeah. and then you'd see them at the shows and be like, "Oh yeah, okay." That's and then, those
0: guys that do that yeah, brand or you know, whatever. And
1: then you know the one, the then it moved out of 432F into this big produce place, and that's where, you know, I met shepherd ferry and Mark echo and Stash and Futura and what they were doing back then and. Um, you know, of course, the guys from Conart were there and just, uh, you know, Louis from GAT and all this. It turned cool into
0: more of like a, like a trade show, I felt like at it, that point, because at 432F, I, I think we should mention, was a hotel, right? No, it, it was an office was a building. Office building. The third building. show oh, moved okay. into the
1: St. James Hotel. Ah, so okay. It went from, but it was kind of a similar yeah, setup. Yeah, it was kind of like everybody had you'd their own You go up first. a
0: floor and there might be a few brands there and you go up the next floor and there'd be a few brands Yeah, and each brand had their own room. Exactly. And yeah, which one was the one that you got the pool table out Yeah, that
1: there? was Carl's bright idea and Joker. I and thought it was amazing though. You know, know what it really and was and Tribal's like, oh, got a pool table? I guess yeah. I know where I'm hanging out. And it out. was like on the third or fourth floor and I'm like, really you guys are going to <laughs> and, and they, you know, they they thought that they, they did all the work. I was like, all right. Go I ahead. remember and, playing. And, and, yeah, it yeah was cool. But it was but cool. you know what? At that time, it became a movement. It became a scene. It became like. I it
0: remember. Be, it became
1: the place to really, you know, there was a worldwide buzz. That's where we picked up Japan. That's where we picked up that's, Germany. That's
0: what I remember, though. It was like mostly industry people and then a few kind of insiders and i remember the groups of japanese kids would cruise around yeah. and they had they had money ready to blow yep. and could make a brand like boom and they'd walk into the room and be like oh shit, here we go let's yeah. see how this goes it's, it's, you're, you're, absolutely, if interested. you're absolutely right I mean, And they would be so mellow just these cool young japanese people you know yep. not realizing i think even the power that they had in their hands mm-hmm. You know, I think it's even that way today, you know, if you can get Japanese distro. Back then, I feel like they were really hungry for it. And for years, a good 15 years, they were uh, importing tons from the States. And then they figured out at some point just to keep their own brands local and hire the artists and the designers from other places. Like their import to export ratio kind of flipped. Yep. You know, is that have you seen it, that too? It, it,
1: it absolutely, yeah. They were able to to figure it out, and yeah, not just with yeah. They do their own cool shit. They that, do that's exactly really what cool I mean. Shit. But yeah, but you hit it. You 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 hit the nail right on the head when you said they they really had a lot of power in their hands because it was the Japanese Satoshi, which will be yeah. here in the building tomorrow. He'll be Rad. here tomorrow. So, which I've been working with since the early four thirty two F shows. But, yeah. Um, they were the ones that set up these tours that we took to japan which you were you went on a couple yeah. of those tours where yep. you know we would take you know the dudes from soul assassins cartoon estevan mm-hmm. the cycle realm mm-hmm. you know we've been out there with you know limp and pod and you know Rocksteady Crews cruise and mr wiggles and all these b-boys from la and san diego and tony touch and just crazy tours. And from these tours that we did, I don't know how many we did, at least a dozen or more. And all these different groups of people from both coasts, talent, from those tours, I tell people that there were a lot of bonds that were made that are still, to this day, you know, we're, we're still all attached. Yeah. Because of these tours, but it also enabled us to start working on, you know, we shot video of all this stuff. Yeah. And then I remember then it was the birth of those tribal videos. You oh know? man, the tribal videos
0: are legendary.
1: Yeah, man. They still are, Mike. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, they still are. But I'm glad when you post the You some know, of the it's stuff. it's
1: and, and I think, you know, that goes now we're at this whole thing with, you know, social media and how quick this shit moves and you know, I always tell people there's no underground anymore. The underground's completely dead. Because well, that's even
0: that's the thing. Yeah, I mean pre internet like as graffiti artists we had to get our photo right because that would be the only evidence because often it would get painted over the next day or within the week Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i feel like you always had that eye of like oh this needs to get captured like Mm -hmm. i gotta get this because this is special you know And i feel like that's what those tribal videos were i can remember slowing them down and going through each frame and being like all right what's this and studying that shit. Cause there was so much in there and again pre-internet you know you just th- those little snippets of things were dude i used to carry around helpful. this
1: giant vhs camera that had, had a vhs tape in it yeah yeah and, yeah. and like size. i said we're not yeah and yeah it's you know like that was my shit 30 pounds school. yeah big old fucking camera <laughs> but um if what i tell people too if you look at those very first videos i think we released like in 94 yeah. and you look at the elements in that video There was, you know, B boys and DJs and lowriders and you know tattoos and and everything that we are today was in that first those first fucking videos. That's why
0: I think it's great to show those old videos. To show young people like when you
1: were born, we were doing tours. (laughs) We were doing shit. (laughs) We were
0: pushing this shit.
1: You know, and Key and Lou... And, yeah. and and john reeves and we that got was skaters out with on
0: with john and, yeah. and donger yeah they were yeah. out they
1: went out several times with us and and yeah. that's the you know
0: zodac i think was on the one jerry you know, Carl. jerry went out yeah. with
1: us and zard and you know we were always you know Zodak of course went out with us a bunch of how times how many with,
0: people will never go to japan their whole lives you know that's sad bro it's crazy <laughs> but I think that you that tour I did with you was the first time I went to Japan and I was so thankful yeah it was it a it was so damn fun I think fun. I posted some
1: pictures last week or something oh
0: god I can remember it like it was yesterday The you know how memories are there's something about that trip Kyo-chan. like those that party in like were we in Yokohama or Nagoya there was one and I met this girl named Shiori <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. yeah Those are great memories. Yeah. yeah. That Jio-jin, was good times. Right? Kyo-jin. Kyojin, they called me Kyojin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was so fun.
1: But we were we were we were pioneering, Mike. We were breaking ground. You know, we were yeah. doing things that they had never seen before from you know, yeah. that first tour going out there with Commander Bill and yeah. and the Beatnuts and Born Americans and you know uh dj from the unleashed on japan (laughs) yeah dude but but you know it was it was fresh it was new it was you know people wouldn't see the shit even with those videos i think that's you know people in germany or sweden or south america they would you know someone would have that tribal vhs tape yeah and they would show it to all their (laughs) friends at their parties it was like a
0: seed bank you know, there's you all know? these little seeds that can get planted in people's minds and I, I, in Those I, and videos, that's and you're exactly just like, the... doesn't matter where you are. You're like, oh, I want to get in on that. And it shows me how he was doing that. Let me slow that down. And that's you know, exactly
1: what happened, you know. Sure. And that's that's exactly what happened. I think is it's those were were some of the seeds that that yeah. we planted, you know. And
0: it's kind it, of funny, I guess. Like, and I, maybe sadly ironic <laughs> that like you've been pushing like lowrider culture. The whole time, the whole and now it's like thing. blown up, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. But kind of, you were trying to do that, like. <laughs> and we've, I kind of did too. And had, my love for it, yeah, like, I've just—it's yeah. been something I draw, and it's like. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of whatever. in a weird. Pl- I'm kind of in a weird place with the whole culture right now. I no, love it. That's why I bring and, it up. And there's still We talked about this the other day. Um, you know, it's. I don't know, man. I, I don't want to say too much because it's it, it gets a little political, but. I think I'm it's sure. low riding's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. And I, I take great, you know, I'm so pumped up that the Japanese are fucking killing it. Like I love what they do. They're too. doing shit. I'm going out there. Of all
0: like low rider cultures that I study worldwide, I'm most fascinated by Japan.
1: They're, they, and they're, because yeah. they don't have rules. They're like, or if they
0: do, they're just like, Fuck the rules. Yeah, fuck the rules. Like, those Bosozoku cars are just intentionally... Like, I, from what I understand, a part of it with the spectacular exhaust and the crazy, uh, like, front ends and stuff, it's intentionally yeah. illegal. Yeah. They're intentionally, like, courting yeah. problems. And that's why they'll weave around and rev their engines and swing around those, like, mm-hmm. lightning bat things. <laughs> it's crazy!
1: It's a It's shit. such a crazy yeah. culture.
0: But I love it, because it's, like... You know like of the Japanese, like they're the punks, like they're actually out there hassling with cops, doing donuts around cops, and just driving them nuts it's a shit. It's I love so it. yeah, it's wild. I love it. It's so wild out here. But out, then their traditional, yeah, they're traditional, like American. They do. They do. Really too. They
1: do have you know the hardcore guys that are that follow the California rules and and they, there's do's and don'ts and you know there's, yeah, there's aren't
0: there Japanese guys from in clubs from Southern California?
1: There's uh there. Is there any crossover there? Guys, from. There's chapters. Sure. That's what I mean. There's chapters, Japanese chapters of. Of American clubs, but yeah. there's there's also the real traditionalist guys that won't do certain things to their cars that, sure. that go beyond what the California kind of. I learned that are.
0: talking to Jack Rudy about beatnik stuff. It was yeah, like he was very particular about the kind of ride, and it has to have hydraulics, not airbags. Yeah, there's, that, that, know, that's to all. Be in that, the that club. Be, yeah, know, that just that just all becomes a matter the, of taste and opinions. Exactly. And, but
1: it's exactly. like saying you know you got to have an eight track player, <laughs> you know, and you can't. Yeah. You can't be using that USB drive or, sure, you know, you got to sure. do your interior certain way or oh, certain and tires. I'm so that's, sure that's where the rules come in. That's hell. where, that's where the rules come in. And, sure. and for me, it's a matter of taste and yeah. functionality and, and things like that. But, right. um, you know, there's, it's kind of one of those things right now. It's like, I get a little, you know, there's so much going on with it before we would, you know, build our cars and it was really exciting because it was underground. You know, yeah. and I always make this comparison to, um, you know, the whole uh, punk rock scene. Like you go to your your punk rock shows and you see a lot of the same kids, and your favorite, you know, band comes to town uh, once a year, maybe twice a year, and everybody's pumped up, and it's kind of you see the same faces, and you can tell these are real motherfuckers here. Like they're they're here to enjoy the show, and then. All of a sudden these people show up and you could tell they're kind of trying to fit in and they they don't really fit and they kind of it's fucking up the vibe a little bit like this ain't this isn't the same vibe <laughs> something's wrong <laughs> my you example
0: know? of that was being a punk kid and then it became hardcore and all of a sudden it was like the guys that hated us as punks started showing up to our shows and they were being hardcore and they would punch us and we had a no punching rule in pits and if somebody fell down you picked them up but all of a sudden it they was didn't these know the jock dudes yeah. and we were just like you just fucked up our scene. And you, you're just calling it hardcore. Okay, okay, that's fine. You guys can have your thing. But like I guess we're gonna go back to the backyards. Yeah, man. Because yeah. it was it was <laughs>
1: underground and then you know, these people show up they're and then so they're violent. trying they're trying to dress the part and by dressing the part like at these shows and they're yeah. overdoing it. That's what I feel. Something similar has happened to the lowrider scene. Well, of course it has. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's there's yeah. a lot of like people you showing dressing up like cholo, like seventies seventies, you know, cholos, which is you know it was an amazing style and yeah. it's cool. But then I also catch myself like that's cool. It's as big as it's been. There's all these people pumped up on it. It's hype as fuck. That's dope. But it's not. But at the same time, what if? It just completely fell off and nobody was digging it, and it was just like, oh shit, this shit is dead. It's dying. You know, so you go from one extreme to you know?
0: As as popular culture eats things up, it goes back underground. Yeah, hopefully. Well, sure. I mean, I feel like inevitably it does. I I feel like, like you're saying, with, say, the rules, you know, um, there's going to be fringe elements that are going to keep it true to, you know, their form. Right, and that will become underground. And there is
1: a backlash right now. There is, there are, sure. there are a group of people, um, including myself, that you know we're just kind of laying low a little bit for a little yeah. while. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's not. You know, there, there are a lot of dudes that are just, you know, I'm just gonna kick back. So wasn't skateboarding, And, and, and man. we do our own thing, right? and we kind of just kind of work on our cars and wait for shit to maybe change or die down or wait for something else to come yeah. around it, I've it, seen it the waves of skateboarding go like that where it uh, just
0: gets real popular and then everybody's doing it and you're like oh shit and you just find your crew and you go somewhere else yeah. and then you're happy when it dies down and the news is like skateboards are a menace and yeah. you know we're well, being with, banned everywhere and you're like yes. with this, it's like <laughs> it's
1: like the lowrider scene is, has always been you know hand in hand with the Chicano culture yeah. and everything you see that's kind of how how it's influenced, you know, tattooing. How it's influenced yeah. dress. Like it, yeah. there was a time period where you couldn't tell a skater from a cholo. You know what I mean? Everybody that was. That to me was Dogtown. You know what I mean? And, and then, that's and why then,
0: I affili- Like I felt an affinity for Dogtown when I discovered it in Thrasher because yeah. I grew up in Albuquerque and all the kids that were kicking my ass through or um, looked like cholos. Yeah, I mean it, even
1: even in the. In, and the, in the in the night in the '90s when they were wearing like dickies and long white t-shirts, you know, and, mm-hmm. and chucks, it'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, who's this kid?" You know, but that yeah. that's cool. And that Once was he got that, under that, those but shorts. that was that was cool. And I loved <laughs> what was going hides. on. You know, I'm not obviously not from Venice, but I became. Really good friends with Jay Boy, Jay Adams, um, was a was again. A, was a good you know, of mine. you
0: said it right at the beginning of the interview. You were interested in like skateboarding, lowriders, and punk rock, and I felt like, well, that's Dogtown. Yeah. Like, yeah, there that was yeah. a movement that was that was kind of the same in New Mexico. Yeah. It was like and it the, happened that here. It, ha- it happened things. here
1: too, but I think you know what happened there. You know, which, like I said, I have a lot of respect for it. It was just, it was concentrated. A different way maybe um, because you can see where chicanismo or cholo letters influence what was going on in venice the style the dress the it all melted together and that's maybe what drew me to it because i'm a, i'm just a big fucking you know like add i love all these different things sure. so to this day and right. um I think that's, I mean, I, like I said, I was fortunate enough to be able to work with those dudes and, and become good friends with, with J-Boy before he passed. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was cool. But why don't we talk about the artists, Mike? You Let's know any of the that. tribal artists? Or who, who, well, I who, was a tribal artist, bro. Yeah. That was a huge you know, thing, Who man. came out of the camp and seen where these dudes progressed to. and You know and what's who, funny? Who they are, I man.
0: always was into Zodak. And he has been the most low-profile motherfucker ever, <laughs> ever. Like it is so. He hard pops his head like, up, man. Like Louis. But will that's show- that. It's on him. Yeah, And it, yeah. he lives his life according to his rules. And I wish so much that he would share what he's doing with the world. But I'll, I'll try I to get him he over here. he doesn't give a shit. He, he, he comes through. But of the. You know, of that old group of artists, like yeah, I wish people knew more about Louis because he was—he's so rad, and he's been amazing in so many different um, fields, yep. vastly different fields. I, I hope he'll do an Midas, interview with me. Because I think Midas, he'll blow my. I
1: think he might. He he might. We'll talk to him. Yeah. Um. He <laughs> Louis had the Midas touch. You know, oh man. Louis would go. You know, he'd skate and be fucking it up. He, where I he almost knows how to focus. He almost turned
0: and. You know, he can master things, but he has that ability to focus on a thing until he masters it. And then he gets bored with it. And yep. He moves on to the next yep. thing. He was just I love about people to, like that. Just
1: about to go pro skateboarding, and then he, he yeah. went on tour. He was a DJ. Exactly, yeah. He toured with Swollen Members, and when yep. we went to Japan a couple of times, he was actually their DJ.
0: Yeah.
1: The dudes from, uh, you know, Swollen Members. And then um, he he's now, I think, his thing is mountain biking with yeah. any paddleboards and yeah. he's he's done it all No, like he's a for sure he's he's a real, but Does yeah like i band. i heard from like, him a couple weeks ago yeah. but he'll he'll pop up you know he'll yeah. he'll pop up but he he is he was blowing people's mind i think in yeah. the in the early 90s with his um his style and then what he was doing with tribal and his style was uh, second
0: to none yeah. i don't know anybody that that drew like him or painted like him. Yeah. I got to watch him paint at Euclid that first yeah. day. And and, and Louis did like will a tell lion you I smoking a joint I remember, I remember that, that one. Piece, yeah. I watched him do it, <laughs> cutting back like tiniest little things, you know? Yeah. And I had never seen anybody cut back which to people who don't understand what that is, it's like when you put down a color with spray paint and then you kind of cut cut it back with the color that's underneath. Yeah. Right? Mhm. And so you can create these tiny little shapes if you just kind of keep doing that. Add a little color and cut it back and add a little color and cut it back. I learned how to do uh, portraits from Saki using that yeah. you know, method. So all your overspray goes down. So it's just a matter of working top to bottom and just making sure everything's tight as you go along, you know? He but was those a, were things that in Mexico, amazing. we had no his, idea his about usage, any of that. His
1: usage of color, the way he would use sake. colors, Zodac. Oh, well, zodax yes. Saki too, yeah. but zodax the way he would bring in fluorescence and bright exactly. colors. Way, way more next level. His vision Agreed. of light, where light yeah. sources were. And, and that's... Well, that was the, that
0: whole era of the two light sources. Yeah. Like an orange light from the left and maybe a bluish green from the yep. right and just go from there.
1: Oh my we're God, sick, that shit man.
0: looks so sick.
1: Yeah, he was, he was definitely a big, you know, including yourself, a big part of the early years of tribal. And then we were able... Yeah. Fuck Mike Joker, yeah like Jerry people Joker. People don't know like, about
0: that dude either. Peep,
1: that dude was way ahead of his time. Like I look at shit now that people are posting of graffiti yeah. pieces. I'm like, that's fucking Joker. 25 years ago.
0: No, that's why I painted with him so much.
1: You know, like I
0: thought he was super, super innovative, innovative, and a really strange cat in a great way. Characters, nah, letters, like, uh, a hip hop dude, like not at just, all. just himself. Yeah, I always... But he had it all, dude. He
1: was... He had the hand styles. He had characters. He had letters. Yeah. He had personality. And the personality like once... <coughs> yeah, you call him Joker. And when you first meet him, like, this guy don't say shit. Like, he's just kind of funny. That's why the they, weirdest why, name. Why they call him Joker. Like why it sticks to certain and then, people. And then know? he lets loose. Yeah. Like, once you get yeah. him like to a certain point, he lets loose. Yeah. And he'll have you fucking no I've had up. some
0: good times with him for sure yeah
1: so that you know and then there was brown contributed a lot to us oh, and, and yeah. you know brown had the yeah. had like the characters and of course dies girls
0: brown's girls I always I always thought brown's girls were yeah. so cool you just could freehand them
1: dies was always like that's who um, I hooked up with originally
0: yeah. yeah I had uh a friend that was in the navy and he was stationed in San Diego and he wrote uh, MC Rock from Albuquerque. And uh, he came back to Albuquerque and uh, said that he met some graffiti writers at the Euclid station and uh, got their address and showed me some flicks. And I was like, whoa, these guys are so good. And I sent a letter with some photos from Albuquerque. I, don't, I think it was to Dies at first and then I started getting photos from Phil Kasaka yeah yeah because so, oh, again pre internet that was the yeah. only way to get the photos of graffiti you know I would go to like Costco and get 20 prints of every single negative you know and send them all over the world and get back like these huge packages of photos from all over the it world
1: it was great wasn't it oh it was
0: amazing but yeah I got tons of stuff from San Diego so as soon as I had a chance to we went out and uh like and we're in Chula Vista with Dyes and um, Zero and Quasar maybe. Yeah, we met Quasar, Zeno, Saki, um... Buster. Yeah, uh, this kid, Crims. I, I remember we I remember we racked with this. We <laughs> they took us to uh, Kmart and Crims was like, just just follow my lead. It's all good. I've done this a million times. And we're like, cool. So we go in and we go to like the men's fashion section, I hope I'm remembering this right because we did this a few times, but got backpacks, went to the paint section, filled up the backpacks with spray paint and just threw the bags over our backs and walked out the garden section exit, you know, and for some reason the lady at the register knew something was fishy. And must have hit the emergency thing and we we had to run <laughs> with these backpacks full of paint on us and we all got away though and then like dies and those guys pulled up in their pickup truck and were just like jump in <laughs> hell yeah Dude, <laughs> i could i Mad could madcap adventures back i then. could
1: visualize you guys back then you know dies as a skater kid with long hair and you like <laughs> Kind of lanky, Such a goofy, dork. Fucking yeah. but the thing about going back to dies, like you know, dies is here in the building on the daily. That, that's yeah. my brother dies, but that motherfucker is one of the baddest letter dudes I know to this oh, for day, sure. like for sure. I and I don't just say that because he's my boy, yeah. but that dude has scripts for Everything. days, Everything. he's got. Gangster letters. Yeah. Like he was you know, he he's from you know, a neighborhood. So he's got Uh, the the crazy, (laughs) crazy gang blocks. No, he does. Gangster letter styles. He does. He'll bust a wild style hip hop style arrows sick and then he'll do some like old English mixed with graffiti letters. Yeah. Like he's you know, people know know Jay for his you know, his brand, which, you know, sure. is more of like a kind of, and he'll say it himself is like a Cholo brand, you know, sure. it's for, it's for Cholos Sketches. and stuff, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you <laughs> know his art and, and I, if you don't know. Well, the d- breadth
0: of his work. Yeah. I mean, the brand is just like one thing. Yeah. It's like but if the you, bread and butter money. You,
1: and you, you, I don't know if you walked in today and seen the canvases he was Yeah, I was trying to he's, root he's, him on. He's like, on some other shit he's now. He's got to paint, like yeah. just, just paint, just have yeah. fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like he's realized that he's just gotten kind of cramped, and he needs to just let it out a little bit. Yeah, and
1: it—I love him. I I let it out. I I feel you. (laughs) So you know, and then and then it just the 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 artist. You know, of course, it kept it kept growing. You know, I and I uh, you know there were hundreds. So if anybody's listening to this and I, I forget them, it's like sorry. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, the, did there's, you, get, I'm just looking there's, the you know, there's Cartoon, um, yeah. you know, in the early days, uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff with, with Cartoon, and, and we all yeah. know what a legend he's, I, he's turned that's into. That's
0: the thing, I, from even being a lowrider guy in New Mexico, we knew about Cartoon, or just looking at Lowrider Magazine, because he was like the... Best muralist in the country for like multiple years, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't that Las Vegas car like it won different years because he redid the murals?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, it was the, crazy he, how much he
0: dominated that world.
1: He was just diverse. And the thing about cartoon beyond I what I think beyond just his talent, like that's a cartoon drawing from 92 94 there, on oh, the wall. yeah, and that's another one over there in my office. But yeah. cartoon, um. He was a he's a real cool dude, and he's got a character and a personality that was has has enabled him to transition into all the things that he's he's done now. Like he's, just he it. just he just released something with uh, yesterday with the Clippers. Yeah. you know he's done projects That's with thing, Sony, man. with Nike, with just everybody, and and his. You know, of course, he's tattooed some of the most the biggest stars in the world. From
0: yeah. Um, he he has, yeah, I mean he's their he go-to tattooed guy you. for black and gray. He tattooed heavy That's metal. Right. on That you. was a fucking great adventure. You <laughs> yeah. took me down there yeah. at Spotlight. Yeah, so,
1: but you know, and then and then you know, just like cartoon O.G. Abel, like
0: another one that was yeah. I feel like those two are kind of running parallel they, lives they, in they, some they, ways. They, you know, because Abel's. Together. Uh, car murals yeah. I thought were just as sick as cartoons yeah. just like different yeah they ran you know? together
1: as kids Yeah. so it was able um, vision car- and flame cartoon WCA and, and risky they um, I, I I feel like yeah, it, yeah thing, I don't I know if it was I know flame for sure yeah. I don't know if it was vision but I know those the, that that's that heavy WCA shit you know what I mean west
0: coast artists yeah. graffiti so, crew so able, which was the crew yeah. back then, like WCA, and that was just some of, the A-list guys. That was some of the stuff I that I've seen. You know, I mean, I'm sure there were other crews at the time that would disagree. But. I
1: yeah, I can't really speak on that. You know, I yeah. I, I leave that up to Kelly. But sure. That, and that would be a good one if you want to drive up to LA. No, and maybe, I definitely. I, I could want help. To talk I, could, Kelly. I could I could help you get that. What
0: but, a neat guy.
1: But um, <laughs> you know, Abel and then Chaz, and you know, there was some guys from Japan, and then. You know just everybody man then then it sure. went into the heavy you know the tattoo scenes later on into the mid 2000 early 2000s like you know steve soto and carlos torres and this all oh, right Gro from japan and right you know right. Al- alex garcia and then yeah. you know I, I did some a cool bunch of stuff with this dude who's locked up named mouse lopez oh, who's just mouse locked up most, i not know that oh he's a lifer
0: Oh no! Yeah, ever I've always Summer. since I started working with him. I got right to now. hang with Mouse a few times. Different. I Mouse. liked the, oh he, a different guy.
1: He's never he's yeah. This guy's been since I started. Oh okay. He, Do you did, know who I'm thinking he did. He did those three.
0: The other, the um, a mouse from uh, Venice, a tattoo artist. Oh, yeah. No, that's you know a who I'm talking mouse, about? Yeah. yeah, that's who I was there's thinking a cu- you there's were a talking couple about. There's a couple of them.
1: There's another one here in San so Diego, you got a, too. A buddy and then there's that's actually Locked Up just, that was
0: able to do graphics for you.
1: Yeah, I, I met him through Franco Rascovie. Um, oh, okay. But, but if you look at, you know, The Legacy Project, and,
0: um, which was your thirtieth anniversary? Yeah, which, which was this year. Yeah, the big thir- event. When was that? That was
1: in June. That was yeah, June fifteenth. But We did the legacy that. art show. Yep, and you could look through that, and, and that yep. kind of gives you a another who's who. But is but that
0: somewhere online that people could go through? Not those yet. Pieces the, the, or the book's
1: available. Um, I'm Where hoping can
0: people get the book. Is um, that it's not. Anymore? We haven't. No, we haven't released I got it. One. You dope, got one. Yeah, we yeah. haven't
1: released it yet. We're kind of waiting to the to show. You know, in a couple more spots. Hopefully. Oh right, yeah. So the, you we're hoping to, we are going to show an it again. collection. We're going to show it again here in San Diego. I'm working on a possible show in LA during. Yeah. Art walk. It's Art basically Street, every whatever.
0: artist that worked for Tribal over the third Not years. Not
1: even close, bro. It's like, like well, how we, many but are, a lot how of a lot total? of a lot of the big ones. There's a, there's 77 artists in the show. Yeah, but which is amazing. But I, in and I, of itself, yeah, that's so we've, many we've and such with,
0: diversity. Like that, I was really impressed by that show. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. It was really, really Thanks, cool. Uh, everybody had the same size wood panels, and it was just like go for it. There yeah. wasn't much, you know, uh, art direction at all. Yeah, that's what I, tr- I try. Really to do cool. That. Just yeah. hoping that
1: people. I think I just yeah they, but was, how many do you think
0: total artists you've Five. worked with over the 30 years I don't know. I mean, Min- 70, i'd don't say 70, i'd 70.
1: say minimum 500
0: that many really yeah. i mean
1: you know wow. there's a lot God that damn, i, worked... I would have never thought that yeah. i'd shit. say at least i would honestly say just because would... i'm part of that well, legacy yeah, i would have never yeah. thought well it i mean then we worked many. with you wow. know Shepard Ferry, yeah. uh, Dave Kinsey yeah. you know, Scott yeah. Herskovitz, and then a lot of um, That's the thing, you've fuck, worked man. with the best of the best yeah. the whole way through. Justin Bua. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck dude, like yeah. Gustavo Rimada and right. you know, just tons and tons of people. Tell me
0: so, a little bit about how that business has evolved you know I mean it, we said you know you were in basically that little back room at your mom's craft place how the business evolved yeah yeah I mean um,
1: well just kinda, you know shout out the steps? shout out people to are always uh,
0: asking me that like how does it happen
1: you know Carl Carl Ariano. shout out to Carl we all yep. love Carl God everybody, bless Carl everybody fucking loves Carl I
0: dude. loved coming here and doing mushrooms <laughs> with Carl every time I'd visit <laughs> you know, Carl, Carl had apartment. kind
1: of a second life that i uh, would yeah. be like don't tell Bob
2: yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, that was that, but yeah. I
1: but I knew it was there. Oh, sure. So Carl yeah, yeah. turned me on to Pink Floyd. So I uh, was never like a big Pink Floyd fan. And Carl's like, No, and we'd listen I to Pink, love Floyd. Pink Floyd now. Yeah. I love Pink Floyd. Yeah. And I always tell Carl when I see him, I'm like, Dude, Pink Floyd, that could be
0: man. a deal breaker for girls. Yeah, like, Oh, you're one of those guys. You like Pink Floyd, Palmer. Oh, god, like what? Now, but i give I give Pink Floyd to Carl. So, yeah, but
1: anyways, um. It, I think it was important because I've, you know, with my, I have, I had a vision, an artistic vision, and, and it's, you know, I'm more the, the marketing guy, the design guy, the, you know, right. I'd, I'd put the line together, I'd communicate with the artists and, 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 give the art direction to the line. Like it's the whole just, thing. I put almost. the line together and <laughs> you know when, when we you know the cut and sew pieces, jackets, colors, everything yeah. to this day it comes I know. Pretty much comes from my head and, yep. and I've got a great team. Yeah. Like right now with um, you know, Brisk has been here for a long time and yeah. Edmond's fucking amazing. Yeah. And um Isaac is is an integral part of the team. Now yep. my son That's Isaac's cool. on board yeah, yeah. and he's I've watched the kid, Isaac grow up. Yeah. The yeah. kids the kids got a really good eye and That's cool. Um but I think it's important to have, you know, Carl was good for you know production, and yeah. he would help you know manage production, manage. So my how was that? Par-
0: how did that partnership? I mean, I, know, I again, a lot of people are asking how you get started. So I originally, you were like marketing. I, I, but I, he, he had printing. He experience?
1: had a Carl had a small printing company. There you go. I had, uh, I had done tribal with my brother for a while, and right. my brother kind of got distracted, and he wasn't, he was doing other things. Sure. Let's just say that, and he sure. didn't really. He didn't really have. And I kept trying to do it when I was, you know. It can be hard to then, get it started. And then that was in 89. Just... So I kept kind of doing piece, little pieces here and then. And moving what my brother and I had did. And then I met Carl in 91. And yeah. I was curating a show at the San Diego Food Bank. Oh, okay. And Carl came in as a sponsor. And I told him, you know what, dude? I got art. I got a vision. I got, you know, artists. And, you know, I, I, I know about silk screening. And, and I see these guys from Fat and Stupid. Right that are doing it Fucking and I'm ravers. thinking and I'm thinking into my head <laughs> and no disrespect to those dudes I'm no, like if, no, I'm no. like if these motherfuckers can do it yeah. and kill it I know we could kill yes. it and it took off from there you know yeah. it was but but it was a different time and there was there was an underground and there was yeah. there were some doors open to us that that were brand new Right. You know, these doors didn't exist. Like, these trails were not there. This was, like, something that we had sure. to go out and fucking, you know. I mean, contra- at some point, and, and, did you get, and, like,
0: that huge order and then you've got to get a warehouse yeah. and all that kind of thing?
1: Like, um, how much time we got? We
0: got another 13 or so minutes. Oh, okay. 12 or 13. I was
1: rushing through that shit. Okay, no, so. it's all good. Um, I, cool. we, I met these dudes that were already doing it in L.A. this brand uh, called swank and they had a little fucking i warehouse. remember swank yeah, yeah Swank. Yeah. so we went in there and we had already done a couple of trade shows and he had a little tiny warehouse and i'm like fuck if we could get something like this we'd be yeah. like set right and, and it was always there was always somebody or something inspiring me and yeah. and kelly and i inspired i think and motivated each other to risk yeah. and i were always like sharing and learning and pushing each other and, and that's
0: how you've always been for me too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like just well, if try, I need the lowdown, you you'll give it to
1: me. Yeah, you. I I, I yeah. try to be like that. You yeah. know, and, and, and that's how we share and that's kind of, you know, and I think part of it, Mike, is too is um you know, I've had opportunities to completely sell the business or people coming in trying to give me art direction or take a part of it. Sure. Or whatever. But um it's it's, you know, knowing when to hold back and when to let it go as far as the financial part of it. Like it's it that know, way as a
0: freelance artist too. You, you know, gotta know what to take I, and what I and never not took the big take.
1: accounts. Like yeah. I never, you know, we, we had orders that would sit and that we wouldn't know if we were gonna ship them or not and then we had, didn't end up shipping them. And we could have made a lot of money but we'd probably be dead by now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the company would have been gone. I think that's what has enabled us to to have some longevity is we didn't sell to just everybody. And, and we were real right. careful about the stores we were in. And, you know, in the beginning and not so much now, there were little cool hip hop shops. There were really oh, cool. There were so many.
0: You know, I painted lots of them. Yeah, there were cool yeah, skate
1: yeah. shops. There were yeah. really fucking cool underground record stores. There was a lot of again, really cool. And again, those
0: were the hubs where you'd get the information pre right. internet. Yeah. Like you had to go to those places.
1: Yeah, it's. Be- I'll tell you, before um, Big Proof died, I had met Proof in Japan and we were hanging out and he tells me we were having dinner or something. And he goes, I know you, man. I go, how do you know me? He goes, I used to buy from you. I go, you used to buy from me? He goes, yeah, I'd go to the trade shows and I was one of your customers. I had a store in Detroit. Uh, And I forgot the name of the store. Yeah. But I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, it was they were those little stores that kind of. You know, that kept us going, and it was in these same stores where they always had a TV and they'd play the tribal videos. Exactly. And then later on, the tribal DVDs. Yeah. And we established a name for ourselves being genuine. Like you could tell we were the real deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we we had our, our. you know, the love that would come through from the artists, from the band. From Celebrity the every, endorsements everything. from the right people. Yeah, 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 and, it, yeah. And, and I'll tell you something else, Mike. It, it's always been love. It hasn't been like... I never... You know, I hooked these dudes up with clothes, the bands I never paid any bands. Yeah. I never paid, like, anybody sure. to rock the clothes. Sure. I'll give you clothes if you want yes. it. You can wear it. Right. Like, I'll hook you up. But if right. I pay you, then I got to pay this guy and this guy and this guy and this right. guy and this guy. Like, I can't do that. No. But if, you, if you're if you down and you want to, like, this is what we're doing and this is how we're doing it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know? And, and for me, it's like, yeah. you know, for example, going back to the limp thing. Um, you know, Fred and I are still, you know, great friends till this day. I love Fred. And no matter what people say, I, I don't give a fuck. Fred's cool as fuck. Sure. So, um... Fred Durst. Yeah. That's cool. So, we were... um you know, he was always rocking it, rocking it, rocking it, videos, rocking it. Same dudes with corn album yeah. covers, yeah. posters. Oh no, and then, they were huge. And then you know, yeah. uh, another brand came at him and they offered him a bunch of money to do some things. And he hit me up. I go, yeah, dude, get paid. Fuck yeah, go do that. <laughs> do that shit. Yeah. Dog. Don't worry, sure. don't worry about me. Like right. we're we're, yeah, we're yeah. always we're dude. good. Yeah. We're good. But I had opportunities face. that I look at now, like when. You know, Limp was at the top of the game. There wasn't anybody touching Limp. Like, what was I doing? Not much. I wasn't putting them in huge magazines, commercials. It was like, those are the homies. They rock the shit. Yeah. So I wasn't overly. And to this day, I tell people, we've never been a hard sell. You know, we've never been pushy, pushy, pushy. Like, check this. Check this. Like, we're always just kind of like just going going if it moves cool if it moves cool. we'll promote a little bit here and there but it's more of a a cultural movement kind of thing that that actually you know helps to 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 sell the brand but i think the hard you know not the hard part but a challenge now for kids is trying to find originality and this struggle part is what's real is once you find that originality you want to share it and once you share it you're gonna how are you gonna share it on social media, and guess what? There's gonna be somebody gonna out there out that that's it's gonna not be. So unique. And you're gonna find out either it's not so yeah. unique, or somebody's gonna take that shit from you and yeah. go, you know, in another direction. It's a crazy world
0: it. like that, isn't it?
1: It's it's uh you know it it I at first I mean even I don't know at first maybe up to a year ago I was so disgusted with how social media had kind of just destroyed an underground you know like or just things that i think in order for something to be really truly cool it has to be it's not accessible to everybody it's yeah it's it's our shit and and you gotta kind of i see
0: that in uh in retail stores a little bit these days where you can only get their shit at their store yeah like skate shops used to be where you know, like when I was a kid, I'd go to the skate shops and whatever. But I, I think that's that's kind of the,
1: that's kind of the part between, I think brands and people that do real limited edition shit. Yeah, it's not accessible for everybody. It's not for everybody. If you get it, cool. Yeah. But that's the same thing for a scene. Yeah, is, is, is what makes a scene cool. Now it's really easy is to it's access not, any scene. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not for everybody. This is our shit. You want to? Then you're part of this scene. It kind of makes you cool. You got an edge, or you're yeah. you're more down than this right. this person, or or sure. whatever whatever it is, you know. But yeah, it's um, I don't know, man. It's it it just keeps going, but um.
0: So I mean, I remember. I mean i know that you went from you know a little warehouse to bigger warehouse bigger warehouse you bought this building mm-hmm. when did like licensing and stuff come into the picture because you do have good licensing deals and like yeah Southeast um, I've, had, Asia. I've had
1: i've had some really good licensing deals distribution deals were the first things and those were right. that's what right. that was obviously japan right and japan not just japan i can't say enough about and, right. and satoshi and his whole crew ccc is because they they not just, you know, the tours and helped with the marketing, the promo, all the archives of videos, everything that they did culturally for the brand and, and building that camaraderie around the click. Yep. But the money and the distribution enabled us, you know, the business that we were doing with this really helped us grow right so so you know we had distribution with japan and we still it's always been just distribution deal with them it's not and it goes up and down up and down up and down now it's probably on the down sure we're still doing business uh, even though people from japan approach me and want to do shit and i i can't it's like this this dude's like my brother right you know what i mean so loyalty um loyalty and and that's 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 how you do shit so and then germany Germany opened up a lot too. There were some guys I was working with out of Hamburg, Germany for a while. Yeah. And then that turned into a license deal back okay. in the day. So we had a really strong licensee out of Germany for a long time. Uh-huh. And then um, that went really well. Can you explain really basically
0: well. how licensee works for people that are building their business and are like, so, oh, so we don't even realize that this is out there?
1: Okay, sometimes it's hard for a country, let's say... Um, the Philippines, or let's say, yeah, let's say the Philippines. Okay. They love your product. They love what you're doing. You could potentially sell a lot of product there, but guess what? They can't afford your prices. They can't afford American made goods, goods that are printed here, goods that you're going to sell to them and ship to them. And there's shipping costs and there's production costs. And let's say you're going to sell them a t-shirt for 11 or $12 or whatever. And by the time they get it after shipping, it's gonna cost them, you know, 14-15 bucks or whatever. It's a it big is. deal. They can unit. produce that same shirt over there, same quality. They have you'd be amazed by their printing no. technology and everything. They can print that same shirt at the same cost that I can print it for.
2: Yeah.
1: So if I can allow them to do that through, that's what a license is—not just a T-shirt, but a hat—and you, and you allow them to produce your products in a certain part of that country sure. under your guidance and right. approval. Right. So you're not giving away a—you um, know—you're not giving away control. You're just giving them permission. And, and they have you know they pay sounds you sounds like a cool deal yeah they pay you X amount of money for yeah. everything they sell yeah um, they yeah. have quotas they have minimums they have you know they have responsibility to maintain the integrity and the image of the brand exactly that that you have to you know right. you have to to, and you, to do and so. you've always
0: had to then like I know you go out in person you were just yeah. in the Philippines right? yeah like yeah, yeah. that's the thing like and you can oversee the quality and aren't there like mall stores we, tribal we, mall yeah, stores yeah we have
1: 52 stores in the Philippines 52 52 and, and then like we have mall like mall stores like
0: next to what other kind of brands like are in the malls guests, down there like yeah. a guest yeah. store okay. a, you know a how Bellagong crazy is that?
1: it's it's pretty pretty, pretty fucking crazy that's really right. but um that's you know it's it's the best way to do it and if you look at a lot of these big brands are doing the same thing why because we're sharing you also share manufacturers overseas so if we're making a jacket or a hat or a bag in china we produce it they produce it we share the production run they ship ship some to me they ship some to them i know their quantities so you're You're sharing manufacturing, you're sharing, you know, expenses, you're, you're, you're getting, it's, it's just, it's kind of a win-win. And it's kind of the way for a business, I think, to, to really grow. But some people, and I have friends in the business that I've tried to discuss licensing with, um, some won't let go. They think that they're going to lose control. And if you put in the time and the work and you have a good crew of people and people you trust, you, you, you know. You, you can. It works out. You can win. You know.
0: Yeah. Where? Did, I mean, we've only got like a minute. Where? What's the future of tribal?
1: Um. Hopefully, it's my kids and you know the guys oh, that, pass it on. that are the guys here. If they want to do it, oh yeah. Cool. You know, my my That's my fresh. three kids. Um. Shout out to Bobo and Seychelle. And, I'd work with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I got a minute left. Yeah. Rest in peace to Norm.
0: Yeah, um, that sucks to hear. Yeah, man. I miss Norm already. was yeah. a um, good dude.
1: Real fucking good dude, man. Yeah. Rest in peace, Norm. Crazy And, uh, life. and my friend Jesse Valadez, Gypsy oh, Rose. Right, right, yeah, right. couple. Cu- lo- lost a couple of real good dudes this, these last couple of weeks. Just wanted yeah. to do a shout out to them. That's cool. Of course, Sabrina. Yeah. Um, and right. just just everybody that, that supports Tribal. Awesome. You know? That was right? great, Bob. Thank oh, you very much. Hopefully we didn't bore anybody. I hope not. So. <laughs>